Tony, always good to have you on the show this morning. Hey, good to see you as well, Tony. Uh, so, look, I know that in the late summer in August, you were looking for a break in the market's bullishness. We got a little bit of that for a couple months. Now the S&P is at the highs, barely, and the NASDAQ is struggling a little bit. So what's the status right now, Tony? Where do you think we're headed? Well, it was in August and we had that September swoon and then you went and made a, another run higher and that was into the late October peak. And then we had another, uh, I called it a whoosh, you know, it's a technical term where we had another 8% downside. So we're kind of in this stair-step situation until we figure out exactly where the economy is going to go. As you know, I'm, I'm very, very constructive looking out over the intermediate to long-term uh, from a variety of reasons I'm sure we'll discuss, but we're just set up. You have a, a little bit of excessive enthusiasm. You've had this massive move into the economic um, reopening or recovery theme, and it just got a little bit too extended. So, Tony, right now, as we kind of gauge what a market looks like as we move past some of these risk points, we were just talking about gold. I mean, if you take Bitcoin out of the equation for a second, just think about gold as its traditional you know, uses, as this kind of inflation hedge, a bad events hedge, just kind of this sort of everything hedge. If it's on the verge of breaking down, does that suggest to you that maybe this is we're turning a corner towards a more optimistic future and can we apply that then to what it means for equities i don't know if i look back at the three prior times over the last 12 years that you've had the dollar index be pronounced see pronounced weakness like we've had since august typically stocks outperform small cap outperforms gold outperforms so i i think we have to be careful about quote unquote what is something telling us right now we just know it's going up it can or it's going down just like it looked like it was breaking out and all the stories were about how it was going to you know go up and to the right uh, a month ago so i think we again we just have to to focus on trying not to figure out every wiggle i i think oliver what's happened in the marketplace is we try to figure out the next move and, and that prevents us from being able to react to the next move. And I think in a market where liquidity, um, there's plenty of volume at times, but right now we're in this period of uncertainty and it could go in either direction. So given the overbought condition, given the uh, high optimism, given the 9% or so run off of that late October low, mm -hmm. I wanna stand ready to attack any weakness remember you know as i as i always like to say oliver corrections only feel natural normal and healthy until you're actually in one right and, and i think we're we're kind of in one right now okay so this is i like the point about sentiment even though we've got these uh, uh, markets pushing near highs or at them the s p 500 it's been a, a pretty tough road to get through over these last two months as you point out we're kind of in more of a sideways pattern overall it's much more obvious for the nasdaq Tony, what's so interesting is, to your point, all these sentiment measures are, are clicking in a big way. Not only do we have some of the technical gauges showing strength, like the moving averages chart that you've got here, but ETF flows are just exploding again into equities. You've got sentiment levels on most of the surveys that I see very elevated again. Bank of America's flows report says that uh, investors have brought, dropped cash down to levels we haven't seen since pre-COVID highs. You know, Tony, is it kind of surprising that we're not even higher right now? What's going on? It feels like that's a lot of ammo and we're not getting much out of it. Well, we had a we had an up and to the right move in the mega cap stocks when there was no ammo. So I think, again, Oliver, I, mm. I think, yep. again, people are, are a little bit when the 
We are in a very different environment than we were in February and March. In February and March, we had no idea what COVID-19 was. We didn't even really have a name for it yet. Um, we didn't have uh, any idea what the economy would do. Would we shut it down? How long would it be shut down for? And what would be the, fe uh, the monetary and fiscal stimulus as a result of that? The reason we're in a very different environment now is we've now got two, at least two, um, over 95 or 94% efficacy rate um, vaccines. So we know in the end of the first quarter, early second quarter, or even late second quarter next year, we're going to have kind of a drop dead date where we can basically reopen the economy with pretty good assurance that, it, that it'll be okay. So we know what COVID-19 is and we have uh, vaccines for it mm -hmm. and therapy solutions. We know that the Fed is going to, the guy that prints the money keeps telling us what he's going to do and he's going to keep printing the money and now we're in this fiscal so the the big uncertainty is the fiscal package and the tougher it gets now unfortunately we are in the middle of the second wave the tougher the second wave gets the more likely fiscal a fiscal package is sooner rather than later so, Tony, it seems like you're approaching this from the view that the catalyst for big upside could be through something like a, a, a fiscal deal. You're more interested in looking for potential downside, maybe another pullback to use as a buying opportunity. Uh, it doesn't seem like you're eager to chase gains at where we are right now. That, that was from last Wednesday. It's getting a little bit. I, I don't think there's a major decline coming. We've already had two. We had the September swoon and the into the whoosh at the end of October. So you've already had two eight to ten percent S and P five hundred corrections, a little more in, in the Nasdaq. So I, I don't think we're going to get this like massive. Oh my God, get defensive! It's about to go to zero. In my experience of of a while, I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> in my experience, anytime you can fix a market dilemma on a news item. You got to be careful about getting too defensive. Mm. Now that wasn't the case in February. We had again no idea what the fiscal and monetary response was going to be, nor what COVID was. Now we know what all that is. All it takes is a comment out of Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell, and the next thing you know, you're 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 ripping again. So I, I want to be careful to to message this right. I don't want to get defensive. I don't want to be excessively concerned. I just want to stand ready to attack weakness if it prevents it or presents itself on some kind of news item related to COVID, like the New York City school shutdown yesterday. Tony, on the stimulus front, we went through a couple months basically between August to kind of pre election. October where any day it seemed like we had a different tone. There were some days where I have guests on they say I'm watching the news and it seems like stimulus is definitely coming. Other days it was it's not coming. Did we not at some point over the last couple months price in stimulus? Is it an obvious uh, catalyst for a leg higher at this point or does it have to be something with a number or price tag that's even bigger than what many folks thought was a done deal in the late summer? I don't think it's about the stimulus. It's about the, the being able to literally open the economy back up because everybody's been vaccinated that wants to be vaccinated. I think that is the reason that you've had this move in the, I don't think it was related to the fiscal stimulus package. You knew before the election, when they don't pass something, you know, at least two weeks before an election, they're not gonna do it in the two weeks prior to the election. And now they're not going to do it in a lame duck session. They're, in theory, not going to do it in a lame duck session. 
So it, it's not this rally in the cyclos hasn't been about the fiscal package. It's been about the vaccine. Now what fixes the bridge between the two? What gets us now that not, the New York City school closure is again renewed fear of economic um, sh shutdown or slowdown? What bridges that gap? Now you need the fiscal package. Now you need that bridge. Before it was undefinable. Now it's definable. You need to get these businesses um, okay in households that need the money okay into the vaccinations and by the second quarter. Now, that, I definitely hear that point, right? I mean, there's a, a big difference between knowing something's coming at some point down the timeline and then actually having the timeline for it and the real effect of it. To kind of come back to, to the technicals here, Tony, the bottom line is we've had some really good news, right? I mean, Pfizer and Moderna basically told us, look, we know this is possible. There are a lot of folks who didn't even know if this was going to be possible over the last right. eight months. Now, I look at the S&P, we're up 2.5%. The NASDAQ is down since then. Is this not a problem, Tony, where some of the best news that we could have wanted for humanity is basically putting the market into like this very slow kind of sluggish response? It's like with all this pull for big tech, how do we get the engine started? How do we ramp again if tech doesn't like the good news? Oliver, I know you do this, but I'm going to challenge you. Okay. I'm going to challenge you to make sure that you define when you talk to the people uh, on the network that are watching this show, what market are you talking about? The market has been on fire since those decisions, just not in the mega cap stocks that have driven well, the market indices. went on fire after the election, but the 11% rally we've got this month, only two of that came post-vaccine news. That's right, but you still have had the cyclical sectors and the broad market right. having a better run. And again, we're in this situation where five companies, the, the, the FANG plus M, the five companies basically make up so much of the market cap of the S&P 500 that it skews, the stay-at-home stocks are skewing how much it's gone up and then how it's being quote unquote, not up much since that news, yes. right? So when you look at an equal way, what I've started to do, and here it goes back to my challenge, which is more important, the S&P 500 equal weighted index or the mega cap driven S&P 500 index? Hmm. And at this time, I'm going with the equal weighted because I'm sorry, I, when I came into the business in, in 1987, the debate that was firing up on all the institutions were, do we use the Dow Jones Industrial Average or the S&P 500? Historically, everybody had used the Dow, but then it was only 30 stocks. When you have five companies or six companies making up such a significant portion of the market cap, it's, a, it's, it's an inappropriate quote unquote measure of the market. Fair. Right? I, more an equal weighted or an advanced decline line or something to that effect where we can say what is the real sentiment in the background not just these five companies tony the the last point here and i really like this conversation we're, we're taking through the bells here uh, equities opening a little bit to the downside uh, tony last point is when we've seen this kind of sharp russell rotation uh, with the big cap techs lagging is that not kind of what happened? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but at the end of dot-com, didn't we have a similar type of rotation that eventually we looked back on and said we did see that peak in the NASDAQ? Um, it, do you think that there's a possibility that the NASDAQ peak did occur in September for this cycle? No, I don't think so. 
maybe on a relative performance basis, but not on an absolute basis. We're in a very, very different macro, macroeconomic mm. backdrop. Back in, in the dot-com peak, the yield curve had adverted. You had a recession in front of you. 9-11 was just a little bit away. Um, obviously, you didn't know that. Um, and you had gotten past the buildup of the, don't forget the year 2000 turnover. So we're in a very different, credit is in a very different backdrop than it than it was back then. So I think, again, maybe on a relative performance basis, uh, Oliver, but on an absolute basis, the market should continue to go up as long as you have money, excessive liquidity coupled with a synchronized global recovery.